0: to have you with us today, man, what an awesome looking crowd in the middle of the summer here on Father's Day, and if, uh, if you're a guest with us today, maybe you're here with a dad or a granddad, we're glad that you decided to worship with us this morning here at Brink Church of God. How do you like the man band? Did they do okay today? Will you give these, give these gentlemen a big hand today? <clears throat> we're not as pretty, and we don't claim to be. That's our tagline. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 6 or the Version Bible app. You can follow along with the points and the scriptures as we go today. Uh, we're going to pause a series we've been in the last few weeks called Us Versus Them as we've been going through the book of Jonah. We'll pick that up next week, but I want to pause this morning and talk a little bit to our fathers and really to everybody in the house on this uh, special Father's Day as we have a message today that I think and hopefully you're going to laugh a little bit this morning. I hope you're going to cry a little bit, all right? So dad's men, I give you permission today. You have pastor's permission today to cry. Just just let it out, guys. Let it out. Wipe your eyes. It's it's this is a cry safe environment, okay? And hopefully we're all going to leave challenged today as we look at God's word. When you leave today, make sure you stop by and get a picture with your family. And we have a gift that we want to give you guys today, a Father's Day grab bag full of goodies and snacks and all kinds of good stuff. I went and bought it, so you know it's good. It's full of junk food, so you know it's going to be something you can munch on all day. Don't leave it in the car, though. There's chocolate, all right? So just take it in with you, all right? So here we go, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. I have one verse of Scripture to read this morning. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Lord, we're so grateful for another Sunday we get to spend with you in your house, with your people. And Lord, as we unpack your word today, we pray that it would challenge us, it would convict us, and it would change us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I've been a dad for, I was figuring it up almost 25 years now. My oldest son, Trent, is going to be 25 this fall. It's really hard for me to believe. My daughter, who's in the middle, will be 21 in a couple of months. And Brock, who was just up here, he just turned 19. And I, one thing I know that's true about being a dad is this. From the smallest age, from when they first come home, to through all the years, one of the things we dads want to do is to make our kids laugh. You know, when they're little, you'll make crazy faces or you'll tickle them or you'll get in the floor and you'll play with them. And your your goal is to try to get your kids to laugh. Any other dads like that? Any other dads remember that? Or granddads remember playing with your kids and trying to get your kids to laugh? And maybe that's why today, over the last several years, this idea of dad jokes has become so popular. You know, I guess dad jokes have always been around, you know, jokes that really... They're not that good. They're a little corny, but it's a dad's way to try to get his family to lighten up and, and to laugh. And so we went around the church, and we uh, we got some, some men in our church family to share some of their favorite dad jokes, and I want to share those with you. Check this out.
1: he was coughing. <laughs> hey, do you have a
2: dad joke for me?
1: Dad joke, sure. Uh, what did the police officer say to his belly button?
0: What did he say?
1: You're under the vest. Uh,
0: why did two fours skip dinner? I don't know, why did they? Because they already ate! <laughs> Alright. So what's the similarity between false teeth and the stars? <laughs> what's that? They both come out at night.
2: What's <laughs> that Mr. Brandon? Can I hear that? Your dad joke? Oh yeah. What's uh, one good thing about
0: Switzerland? What is it? I don't know, but the flag's a big plus.
2: <laughs> What's up, Mr. Brandon? Can I get a dad joke from you?
0: Yeah. Oh. How much does a pack pay for throwing? How <laughs> much? A buck <laughs> What's up, Mr. Eddie? Can I
2: get a dad joke? What do you call a fish wearing a bow tie? Or what do you call it?
0: Sophisticated.
2: <laughs> What's up, Mr. Jim? Can I get a dad joke from you?
0: Well, here's the riddle of the day. If a chicken and a half can lay an egg and a half in a day and a half, how long would it take a monkey with a wooden leg to pick the seeds out of a dill pickle? I
2: think on that. Why do flowers take an extra pair of socks? Why? In case they get a hole
0: in them. All right, give those guys a big hand this morning for those dad jokes. So my favorite dad joke—I'll share it with you. I've shared it before. What's green and sings? Elvis parsley. Here's what I've noticed about trying to make our kids laugh. I've noticed that the older my kids laugh, the more I'm not getting them to laugh. But they're actually laughing at me. Okay, this thing is turned around. Anybody, any dads know what I'm talking about. I mean, they'll laugh at our our shoes, our socks pulled up. They'll laugh at what we wear, how we how we eat, what we eat, what we do. One of the biggest things I think dads that we get laughed at is when we'll fall asleep watching television. And we're in a full-blown snore, and then somebody comes in and changes the channel. We have a God-given ability to wake up and say, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't know why that's the case, but we have that ability. And through the years, my kids have, have really, one of the things that they're really dogging me on right now, they have this recurring thing that anytime I, I get on a kick, and how many of you wives know your husbands will get on a kick right and i got on a kick years ago making omelets every morning for breakfast it's just it was just a kick i got on and they're like dad dad's addicted to omelets that's what i heard that's what i hear dad's addicted and and they one fathers day made me this shirt had this shirt made for me just because i'm like you know come on y'all i mean they give us a hard time don't they I bought a a master built electric turkey fryer a few years ago. I'll admit it was a kick. I've only fried three turkeys in it, and they're like, Dad's going to get addicted to frying turkeys. And last year at Christmas, I bought an air fryer. Well, Dad, now you're addicted. I'm like, I'm not just because I buy something. That I really don't need doesn't mean I'm addicted to it. It may mean I have other problems, but it doesn't mean that I'm addicted to it. And it's all in fun. And, you know, I think sometimes we probably use, we could probably deserve a little payback as dads the way we give our kids a hard time. But one thing that's not so fun is how dads and how men are portrayed in our culture. If you watch a television show or uh, you see news reports, you know that men typically are not portrayed very well. Pastor Josh and I were talking about this, this idea for this message several weeks ago, and I was sharing with him what I was thinking about, and one day he emailed me, he was doing a little, a little research for me, I guess, and he emailed me a, a clip that I want to show you this morning. Now, this is from CNN, which kind of surprises me that it was from CNN, but this is from a conversation that took place about, I think it was about 10 years ago about this idea, this dad dilemma about how dads are kind of made fun of in the media. And it, we're going to use it this morning kind of as a springboard to what we're going to talk about. So let's, let's take a look at this.
1: Being a dad, I just love this story. And, and thankfully, some dads took action. Basically, what do they want for Father's Day? Uh, for the media to stop portraying dads as buffoons. Doofus dads, right? I mean, like that's all we ever see. It's not just one or two shows, it's practically every show. And Josh Lev's joins us now. And Josh, yeah. you and I are both dads, you got little ones, I got yeah. teenagers. And enough's enough, and I love it that some dads stood up. It's so true,
2: isn't it? You you almost you can't avoid the caricature of us as dads as being these complete idiots who can't understand how to do anything. Nothing. Often who don't know how to take care of We're our practically own another kid in the home in most TV know. shows. But just so everyone knows, this isn't this isn't a wine session. I mean what, what's so interesting <laughs> to me is that dads are doing something about this now. They're standing up and fighting, and I have some proof that they're making a difference. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start off with an ad that aired earlier this year that was just obviously offensive. Take a look here.
1: To prove Huggies diapers and wipes can handle anything, we put them to the toughest test imaginable. Dads, alone with their babies. In
2: one house for five days. Okay, so in that ad, Huggies said the the the, the biggest test imaginable is to, for diapers is to leave kids alone with dads. Oh, right? of course not. Ew, gross, right? I mean, it's just amazing. Okay, they had another one where the dads didn't change the diapers throughout an entire game on double overtime. So what happened here is a bunch of dads got together. They started petitioning online. That one guy started a petition. A lot of people complained online. Huggies took it really seriously. They jumped on it. They said, whoa, this was not what we meant. They called one of the dads. They pulled. Hold two ads. They replaced them with brand new ads and here's one of the new ones. Take a Awesome
1: To prove Huggies wipes can handle anything We asked real dads to put them to the test with their own babies on spaghetti night
2: Really different message there we asked dads to put them to the test and you see this happening elsewhere dad's as cooking well. as well dad's He's preparing cooking, a meal dad's feeding and so i started to talk to some pop culture analysts and some dads
1: and they're saying you know what little by little we're making a difference we're combating that stereotype and, and I, I agree with you and i don't want to sound like the whining dad either and i'm okay with poking fun at dad yeah but it's every show, and you and I talked no. about it from uh, Homer Simpson, Peter Griffin, right. and, you, and those are funny. But it's every show, and I think what, and I want to get your take on this. What, what yeah. I, concerns me is my sons. What do they watch on television? Right. Whether it's Disney Channel, Nickelodeon, or all shows, what they're seeing, and media is powerful. The dad is, you know. The dad's an idiot. That's exactly what yes. I hope I'm giving another example at home. Right. Maybe not all the time, but I'm trying. And,
2: and look, the, the best example they're ever going to get is from you because they're going to learn from you. Right. But a lot of the dads I talked to said the same thing. They said, you know, pop culture does give kids messages. Some boys out there are going to think that that's the low bar he's expected to rise to. Some girls out there will grow up to become women who have very low expectations for how good fathers their husbands will be because we keep feeding them all these portrayals of these really lame, really bad dads. And in fact, you use a couple examples There's a guy I talked to who runs a blog called The Dadvocate, where he said, look, the, take a look at Homer Simpson. He said the same thing about uh, Peter Griffin, some of these cartoons. Now, there are also... Good dad's on TV now. you got different portrayals in modern family, right? right? You have a stay-at-home dad in Up All Night. So, you know, you can look at TV in general and see more diversity. And some of the people I talked to said, actually, you're seeing a little bit more change one step at a time. But what needs to happen is more conversations like this and more dads out there talking about it, saying, we are not this stereotype. Stop doing (laughs) Is Ward Cleaver coming back? Okay, you know what's interesting? (laughs) Back in the day, dads were were good. Weren't dads great back in the day? And then it was just decades later that they decided to start skewering dads and everybody decided that, like, to do the exact same joke with the doofus dad. It caught on just a little too much to the point that it's getting too hard to find the good dads. Yeah, so you think, to exactly. that's the
1: complaint, yeah. Good stuff.
2: Yeah. Um, listen, everyone can check it out, CNN.com. We have a whole story about this. It's up on Facebook and Twitter, too. I hope everyone weighs in, dads and moms yeah, across America. Because not everybody the agrees Join with us.
1: us. Hey, open conversation. Not everybody agrees with us. That's right. Some will say we're whiners. That's we're right. not. That's right. we just want uh, equal representation. <laughs> but though. we will listen to you. Yeah. Good right. stuff, Josh. Thanks so much. All
0: right. So very interesting, right? And how many of you have ever watched a television show or seen that very thing that we're talking about in that uh, news report, Right. I mean, I think about the TV shows that were, in generations ago, there was a show called Father Knows Best. I think about the Andy Griffith Show, one of my favorite shows of all time, and how Andy, even though he was a single dad, he was probably one of the greatest portrayals of how a dad cared for his son. And today, we, we just don't have that. But I'm, I'm proud of the dads that we have here at Rinkin Church of God. And I'm not just saying that because it's Father's Day, but I see the men in this church leading by example and bringing your kids to church and take care, taking care of your kids, even from the smallest to the to the largest in the house. And I just want to celebrate you and say thank you for all that you do. But as men, we we find ourselves in this dad dilemma. What do you mean by that? Well, first of all, let's define dilemma. It's any difficult or perplexing situation or problem. And I think as, as men, we're kind of in this catch where it's like, okay, are we the overbearing, barking orders, never pleased with anything, Father? Or is it the Father who's on the other side who's portrayed in, in the media and in, in entertainment as just a buffoon, not very intelligent Or really the biggest problem I think we have in our culture today is the non-existent father. I read a stat this morning that actually is very sad. It said that 18.5 million children in America are without a father. Do you hear that stat? 18.5 million. And what that number does to us as a culture, it means that now, get this, The United States is the most fatherless nation on the planet. And you look at the culture around us and you can understand why. The reason why we are where we are right now is because of a lack of godly fathers and men. That's it. You change that, you change the course of a nation You change the course of a community, of a school, of a home. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about how we change this idea of this dad dilemma because we can can make a lot of father's jokes, father's day jokes and dad jokes, but when it comes down to it, being a father ain't no joke. As the tagline says, children need solid Fathers, Women need solid husbands. So I'm going to talk to the fathers and the dads and the men today. But listen, this message today is for everybody. If you're a dad or a granddad, it's certainly for you. If you're a dad-to-be one day, you want to be a dad, lean in. I'm going to give you some tips today that's going to help you to be a better father. If you're a, a mom or a wife today, this is going to tell you how you can pray for your husband to be a better father, to be a better grandfather. If you are a young lady who's looking to one day be married or you're single, this is going to help you to know how to pray. And if maybe you're, you're somebody here today and you're, you're, a, you're a man and you don't have kids, but maybe you're an uncle or you're a mentor, this applies to you today as well. So as men, one of the things that we want if there's a problem, we want to know three steps how we can fix that problem. One of the things that we try to teach around here when we talk about marriage issues with our men and families is when it comes to problems with your wife, don't try to fix her, just listen, right? Just listen before you try to fix. But we like to fix. That's why we like to go on YouTube and look at videos that tell us how in three easy steps we can install something or make something or change something or switch something. So today, this this message is super simple. I've got three things that we as men need to do to solve the dad dilemma. And here they are. We've got to learn. We've got to lead. And we must leave those are three words we're going to park on this morning would you say those with me this morning learn lead and leave number one let's talk about what we need to learn let me begin with this quote it is much easier to become a father than to be one do you see that That's a problem in our culture. When I give you a stat that says 18.5 million children are without a father, did they just miraculously show up out of nowhere? No, they had a birth father, but they don't have a day-to-day dad. Amen? It's much easier to become a father than to be one. And one one of the big jokes on men is that we don't like to read what? Directions. I mean, men kind of do this and I see some of you wives you are looking at your husbands you know we will try everything we can and then if all else fails read the instructions right but here's what I noticed almost 25 years ago when I brought when we brought home Trent from the hospital he didn't come with instructions I mean they told us a ton of things to do that we forgot by the time we were in the car because we were finally glad to be out of the hospital and on the way home right but kids don't come with instructions, and here's what I've learned about being a father: it's that every stage of life, about the time you get the baby side down and figured out, then they become toddlers. New ball game, right? You got to figure out the terrible twos and the troublesome threes, and and then you get that figured out, and then they go to elementary school, and you got to deal with all that. And about the time you got into the groove, after about six years of elementary school, oh boy, here comes the Most awful three years in all of our lives, middle school, right? And you got to deal with middle school and then high school. And let me just tell you, as a father who has young adults, it doesn't get any easier. The challenges and the problems and the situations and and the, the expense just gets greater and greater the older they get, right? And so what do we do? You know, how, do we, how do we figure out how to lead and guide? Where does instruction come from? Where do, we, where do we look? Because ultimately we need to look to something or someone who has more expertise and wisdom than we do. I'm glad that we know a God who created the original model. And the Word of God tells us that if we don't know what to do, We can just ask. Now, as men, sometimes that's hard for us because we don't want to ask for help. But listen to what the Scripture says. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all, watch this, without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So dads, when you reach those seasons and those times and those situations where you just don't have an answer, you need to look to the Heavenly Father who created the original models in the first place and that no matter what season or stage of life you may find yourself in, God does not look at us when we ask for wisdom and say, here he goes again asking. James said he gives generously. He doesn't find fault. And when we ask for wisdom, it will be given to us. A few chapters later in James chapter 5, James would go on to say the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So as we lean in to learn from the Heavenly Father, as we seek Him for wisdom and guidance, In how to be better dads and how to be better wives and how to be better husbands and how to lead our families. As we lean in in prayer, the scripture says that there is great power and wonderful results when we lean in on Him in prayer. Amen? Now, men, here's something else that we need to be doing when it comes to this word, learn. Not only should we be learning from God and leaning in on God, as Christ followers, we should be learning more about this book, and we should be growing in our pursuit and relationship with God. Can I get a better amen, 9 o'clock? Men, don't think that once you kneel at that altar and you ask God into your life that that is the end. We never reach a place of spiritual maturity where we're just coasting all the way to heaven. I've learned that the older I get, it's like the target gets bigger on my back that the enemy wants to take me out. Because if I'm raising my kids and my future grandkids to follow the Lord, if they can take the the patriarch and the leader and the one who's out front out, it will deter the rest of them from continuing to follow Jesus well. So what we've got to do is we've got to grow in our faith. And I love what Peter says. He challenges all of us when it comes to growing. And he says, for this reason, make every effort. What kind of effort? Every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For watch this, if you possess these qualities in what? Increasing measure. You keep growing. They'll keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I just have a feeling, y'all. That when I am productive and effective in knowing who Jesus is, I'm going to be productive and effective as a father and as a husband and as a grandfather. Amen. Amen. I had a father who stopped me a few weeks ago, two weeks ago as a matter of fact, in the foyer after church, after the second service. And he said to me, he said, something you said this Sunday really spoke to me. He said, you said something about not just coming to church and hearing it. And, it, and, and he, he said, you said that if, if this is the only time you're getting it, that that's not enough. And he said, that's where I've been. This has been the only time I've been getting it. And he said, look, I'm going to be honest with you. He said, I don't read. I hate to read. I've never liked to read. He said, so I'm probably not going to read the Bible. He said, but I know there's some way. And he was telling me about a situation where he's going to be doing a lot of driving in this next stage of his career. He said, is there a podcast or is there something you can send me so I can listen and I can grow in my faith? Y'all, I wanted to walk back through those doors and take some good old Church of God laps around this room. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. That is why we do what we do around here. For somebody to say, I've got to stop allowing you to feed me all the time and I'm going to figure out how to feed myself. And with great joy and pleasure, I sent him multitudes. I want multitudes, multiple. Multiple different varieties of podcasts that he could listen to. And men, find a way to grow. You might, And most men don't like to read. But find a way that you can feed yourself and you can learn. Because that's the first step to solving the dad dilemma. Everybody say learn. Everybody say lead. That's the second thing that we've got to do. Is we've got to lead. Here's what I know about providing direction for our children. If we don't lead our children. Someone or something else will. If you don't step out dad and get in front of that situation. And you lead your wife. And you lead your kids. Or you lead your grandkids. Someone or something else will lead them. So what does the Bible have to say about how we lead our our families? We read it this morning in our opening scripture. Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, here it is, bring them up with the discipline and the instruction that comes from the Lord. This verse builds on what we just talked about in the first point that we've got to learn So as we learn from him through prayer and through his word and through spiritual growth and we're becoming more like Jesus, as we are learning from him, then what's happening is to learn from him, I've got to get behind him, right? i got to get on the heels of Jesus. And as I get on the heels of Jesus, then my family can get behind me as I follow him. I can lead them as I'm being led by Jesus, I love this quote from Frederick Douglass who said it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. We have a culture of broken men who have created broken children who are not the fathers that they need to be. And it's much easier men for us to do and be who we're called to be when our children are young than to try to repair something after it's too late. So how do we build strong children? We build strong children by providing a strong foundation that will stand the storms of life and the test of time. Sound like something we sang about 15 minutes ago, doesn't it? Jesus said in Matthew 7, Anyone who listens to my teaching, anyone who learns from me, Anyone who follows it is wise, like a person who built a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes and the torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on, help me somebody, bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. We must create and build a foundation on the Word of God through which we can build our home and the generations behind us. And how do we lead our children? Deuteronomy says we lead our children like this. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Dads, granddads, lean in and listen. Listen. Sometimes we have this image in our mind that if I'm not sitting here at the table or in the floor and all the kids are around me and I'm reading the Bible and talking to them about the Bible, that I'm not leading my kids. For many men, this is very intimidating. But what the scripture here says is something that's much more practical. Because watch our progression this morning. As I begin to learn in point one from the Lord And as I'm following him and I'm becoming more like him, his word is is getting placed inside of my heart. And so then as I go through life in those normal day-to-day situations, this is one of the most practical verses in all of Scripture because what's being said here is, listen, impress the things that you know about me, God says, on your kids in the normal rhythms of life. When you sit at home, And your teenage daughter comes home from a day at school or middle school or high school where she's had her head beat in because of the culture around her. And you can sit at home and open up God's word and tell her or just share with her the value that she has, that you believe in her and God believes in her. Amen? As you're going down the road and you're on vacation or you're traveling with your family and kids ask tough questions sometimes, right? You lean in on those questions. And there have been times, y'all, that my kids have asked questions and I've been like, I don't have an answer for that. But I try to do my best anyway. And it's like sometimes y'all ask me stuff and I'm like, I don't know the answer to that, but I'll try to find it and get back with you. That we realize that in those moments, what we call teachable moments... That in the routines and the normal rhythms of life, we take those opportunities. That when we lie down at night, we have that prayer and we read scripture with our kids. And when we get up in the morning, we're, we're praying over them. But here's the thing. What are we talking about? We're talking about that the, the things of God become a regular part of the routine in our lives. That it's not unusual for us to, obviously, we're going to pray for our food, but we're going to pray as a family before we pull out of the driveway and go on vacation. Whenever we're making a move or a big transition is happening in our lives, we're going to stop. And as a family, we're going to together pray over those things. Men, listen to me. It is your job to take the lead in your house in doing this. And for some of you that intimidates you and you feel like it's something that you cannot do, that is the enemy lying in your ear. And your wife may be more outgoing and appear to be more spiritual in many ways. But why don't you stand up? You'd stand up to her on some other things maybe. But stand up and be the man of God that God's called you to be. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. But your wife will love you and respect you and honor you even more. Pastor, I'm so unqualified to do that. I don't know what to do. Just do something. You're already doing something because, my goodness, you're here at 9 o'clock in the middle of the summer. Praise God, you're doing better than most of the rest of, the, uh, of everybody around us. But make this part of leading your family a part of the normal part of your life. Lead your family. Lead your children to make the Word of God a priority. You're already doing it. Lead your children to make the house of God and, and the things of God a priority. Lead your children in that when they look at you and your wife, you're not perfect. But they look at you and there is a model there for what they need to strive for when they want a marriage one day. And some of you are thinking, oh boy, our, our marriage is so messed up. All of our marriages are messed up, right? We all have problems. We all have difficulties. And the couple who shines the brightest, they just act the best. Because we've all got stuff, Right? I said it Wednesday night. I, I, I cannot stand going to a funeral and somebody saying, Well, they never had a crossword in their whole marriage. I'm like, That's a lie from that pit of hell. <laughs> What'd y'all do? Not talk for 55 years? <laughs> well, you may not have talked the last 30. Maybe that's how you make the last part work. Watch this. Men with daughters, listen. Men, we lead. Our daughters, by an example of what to look for in a man, watch this, watch this. A daughter needs a dad to be the standard against which she will judge all men. Be the type of man that when your daughter gets ready to make those decisions, she looks at you and measures that guy she's dating, that you just want to strangle him and throw him in the river be on the next episode of Forensic Files. <laughs> but be the type of dad who will be the standard that your daughter judges all men. Lead your children. And watch this. This is a promise that I know some of you, you have children, adult children who are away from the Lord. Hang on to this word, don't allow it to become routine. You've got out in front. Continue to lead. Look at this scripture from the proverb. Start your children off in the way they should go. And even when they're old, they'll not turn from it. Hang on to that promise from scripture. Amen? All right, we're talking about dad jokes this morning. And I ran across a video this week that I got to show you because it, it leans in on this idea of the dad jokes. But it also ends, and it has a turn in it that kind of Gives us an example about one more thing I want to tell you this morning about how we can lead our families. Let's watch this from the skit guys a day called Dad Battle. Gentlemen. Gentlemen. Welcome to another Dad Battle. Now is anybody, and I mean anybody at all, willing to face our champion? Gentlemen, my son joined the golf team at school, so I bought him an extra pair of socks in case he gets a hole in one. Oh. <laughs> oh. His dad jokes are so effortless. See that? That's why he's the champ. That's nothing. The other day, my daughter said a good Christian dad would buy her a car. So I said, well, a good Christian kid would walk, because that's what Jesus did. Listen son. Just because God picked your nose doesn't mean you should. When you start paying the bills, you can make some of the rules. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Hold up. Who touched the thermostat? Yeah. That lawn isn't gonna mow itself. Let me stop what I'm doing and fix your
1: boredom. Hi, hungry. I'm Dad.
0: <laughs> I love the smell of Home Depot in the morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just wait till your mother gets home. Ah. Yeah. Oh. No. 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 Pull my finger. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Now. 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 You got this. Come on, Nah. Just rub some dirt on it. Oh. 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 proud of you you can do hard things I love you no matter what when God made you he made something very special
2: Proudest day in my life is the day you made me a father.
0: I thank God for you every time I get on my knees and pray. Who? Not again, who gives this woman? No, no. not no, you look at me. You look at me. Who gives this woman to be married to this man? mother and I Pretty good, huh? This is the last thing I want to say about lead. And that's this, we lead our kids in how we build them up and what we say that shows how much we love them and care about them and believe in them. Coach Jim Balvano said this, My father gave me the greatest gift anyone could give another person. He believed in me. So often, dads, we are so focused on everything being right, That we don't stop to celebrate all the amazing things that our kids are doing well. Don't miss the opportunities to tell your kids and your grandkids how much you love them. How important they are. Your daughters, how beautiful they are and how special they are. Because if you don't lead them in that way, somebody else will. Lead your children to know who they are and whose they are. Lead them to know who they are in Christ and how valuable they are to the kingdom. And let them know whose they are, that they are yours and they are His. Amen? As you give me some background music this morning, let's hit the last one. We said learn, lead, and the last one is leave. We've used this analogy this morning of as... Men, as fathers, as wives, as mothers, as grandmothers, as we are out behind Jesus and allowing Him to lead us, and we're on His heels, then behind us comes that generation. And the proverb says this, the righteous man walks in his integrity, and his children are blessed after him that's the reason why we have the stats that we shared about a moment ago in our in our nation because we failed to walk in integrity because there's a principle that this word says that when we walk in integrity blessings follow after us somebody called me this week and was telling me about a situation in their family And I just told him straight up, I said, You're living in sin, thus you cannot experience the blessings of God. That's tough, but that's the Word. And I've not been called to mess around because that's what the Word says. We can't expect God's blessings to follow us and us sing the song, the blessing. And if we're not walking in integrity, it doesn't say be perfect, but walking behind the Savior. What kind of legacy are you leaving to your kids and your grandkids? This idea hit me this week, maybe like it never has before. Trust and I dri- drived, uh, drove up to North Carolina a week ago today for a funeral. I had an aunt on my dad's side, my dad's brother's wife, who passed away at 75 great woman of God. We went to celebrate her life. On Monday morning we had a funeral. Trust and I sang for the funeral and then when we got to the graveside they had asked me to say the final prayer at the graveside. I was also a a pallbearer so when we got to the graveside just get it in your head what what that normally is. You got the tent, you got the chairs, everybody's packed underneath and the casket is there and they told us as the pallbearers that what we needed to do, we had these Uh, boutonnieres on and they said take your boutonniere off walk through the tent and as you walk past the casket put your flower on the casket and so we did that and as I walked out the other side of the tent the two ministers who were doing the service were right here and I stepped outside of the tent and I was close enough that whenever they wanted me to say the prayer I just had a couple of steps to, to walk in and say that prayer and as I stepped out of the tent I I knew there was a headstone right here behind me and I was trying not to stand right on the headstone and as I stepped back and I looked behind me I saw two feet in front of me this headstone I was literally standing on my grandparents headstone My granddaddy is Leslie A. Woodard. My grandmother, Myrtle W. Woodard. We called him Papa. We called her Mama Woodard. And I didn't know my granddaddy very well. He passed when I was three. And I've told this story before. My, my dad has always said, Son, I never meant to name you a gender bender name, Leslie. But when I named you Leslie, I named you after my dad, who was the manliest man I ever knew. A rural eastern North Carolina farmer. An outdoorsman, a hunter, a fisherman, a sportsman. The manliest man my dad said I ever knew. And as I stood there, standing on my grandparents' grave, it just hit me. And my oldest cousin, who's 10 years ahead of me, was standing beside me. And I looked at him and I said, hey, look where we're standing. I said, it's a pretty good spot to be, isn't it? And he said, yeah. And so when it came time for me to say the final prayer, I'm a preacher. I'm not just going to say the final prayer, right? Not after the moment I was having. I walked inside that tent and I looked around at my family, generations of Woodards there. Most of which, thank God, are serving the Lord. Generations. And I said, guys, before I pray, I want to say something real quick. I said, when I walked through and I stepped out, I, I was standing literally on the grave of the couple who started this whole thing. Leslie and Myrtle Woodard. And I said, as I look around this tent this morning, I see generation after generation, a legacy under this tent because this couple decided to follow Jesus. My dad tells a story that at 40 years old, my grandfather came to faith in Jesus. And when he did, it so radically changed the way he did life that he stopped burning tobacco because he didn't think that's what he needed to do as a Christian farmer. He began to take his family. They, Daddy said they'd go, they started going from not going to church to going to revival every night that they could find a revival and a place to go to church. And as a result, generation after generation, this morning I have the honor that God has given me to be able to open God's word with you. Because at 40 years old, Leslie Woodard made a decision to come to Christ. And generation after generation after generation has followed in his step. Leaving a legacy. What are you leaving for your children and your grandchildren? One day, should the Lord tarry his return, if somebody stands on your grave at a ceremony service years later. What will they remember? What will they say about the type of father and mother and leader that you were? As I walked under that tent that morning, I I remembered the, the verse from Hebrews that goes like this. Since we're surrounded by such a huge cloud of witnesses to the life of faith, and I began to tell my family, I said, you know, We're here this morning because of what they did. But they're in heaven right now, a part of that cloud of witnesses, along with uncles and aunts who've gone before him. And this aunt right here, this casket right behind me, this aunt that just passed away has now joined that cloud of witnesses, and they are cheering us on. And your mom... Your dad and your grandparents and your kids and all those who've gone before you, they are a part of that great cloud of witnesses that today cheer us on. But we're left here to learn and to get out front and to lead and to leave a legacy behind us. Having kids doesn't make you a father. Raising them does. So men, today I want to ask you these three questions as they come up on the screen. What are you doing to keep learning and growing in Christ? What are you doing to lead your children, your grandchildren, your family toward Christ? And what kind of legacy are you leaving your children I'm going to ask us to all stand this morning as the worship team comes in today and we get ready to finish up this morning I'm going to ask every male in the house whether you're, you're married or you have kids or not would every male in the house please join me down front if you will I want to close and pray for you today and if you want to get these goodies, you're going to have to come down here anyway and get them. So that's uh, that's the bait this morning. I got some good bait to get you down here. And what a good-looking group of men. And I got new contacts this week, so I'm seeing clearer than ever. What a good-looking group of men. I love you guys. I appreciate how you're already doing what we were talking about today. We're able to do what we're doing this morning because we stand on the shoulders of men like Brother Aspinwall, Brother Jimmy, Brother Jerry, Brother Charles, Brother Floyd, Dewey, other men who have gone before us and paved the way. We're able to do what we do today because of those men. And I love what Tressa said a while ago. You may be the first generation on your family tree who's behind Jesus. Blaze that trail, pal. Blaze that trail. You're making a difference in your family that will change generations. Those of you who are on the heels, like Pastor Kevin and I, of our grandparents and parents who've gone before us, we're just keeping the ball rolling, David. We're just keeping it going. Keep that ball going. Don't give up. Keep rolling. Keep being faithful. You can do it. You can do it. As you guys begin to play Firm Foundation again, I want us to pray this morning. I want to pray over you today. And I want you to pray. I'm going to pray over you those three things today. These three simple points that we learn, that we lead, and that we leave. Men, let's bow our heads today. Moms, daughters, grandmothers, will you extend your hand this way and pray over these men today. Come on, pray over these men today. May you cover the heavens. May you fill the heavens with with prayers right now. Father, we pray today over these men. And I thank you, Lord, for every man who stands in this altar today. And God, I praise you for them today. And I ask you today, God, that you would anoint them and use them, Lord, in a mighty way. I pray, Lord, that they would continue to learn from you that they would continue to pursue you in all their ways, that, God, they would be men who are committed to your word and committed to integrity, that, God, even right now your Holy Spirit will encourage them. And if there's any area in their life, God, that they need to submit to you today, that they would do that. But, God, as they pursue you, Lord, God, I pray that you would fill them with the knowledge and the grace and the questions that they have that they don't know what to do in those situations. Lord, help them to find that as they lean in on you and as they seek you, God, that you are faithful and you will give them wisdom. Lord, I pray not only that they would learn, but that they would lead. Lord, may this group of men be out front as they follow you leading their children and their grandchildren to know you and to pursue you. God, may they feel the weight of the calling of God that's on their lives to carry the mission of Jesus for their wives, for their children, for their grandchildren. God, may they be empowered by the Holy Spirit knowing that they don't do this on their own, but God, that you do this through them, that they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. God, may they know that you've called them for this time, for this purpose, to change generations, to create a new generational tree that will follow after the things of God. And I pray, Lord, that every man, every father, every grandfather, every young man, every father-to-be in this altar today that, God, they would leave a legacy, a legacy that their children and their grandchildren would be proud of. That when their name is called in family circles in community involvement and in their job, that they stand out as men of integrity, of men who know and follow the Lord. God, we're not perfect, but God, we ask and pray today for your strength and your power, Lord, to touch us and anoint us and to use us. We thank you, God, for these men. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the life of our church, that we have an altar full of men here who are leading in such an amazing way. And we bless them today in the name of Jesus. We bless them today over their lives and over their families God. May you continue to use them. May you continue to employ them. May you continue to equip them. May you continue God to to lift them up and use them in every way today. And we thank you Lord and we praise you for it today. Let's sing this today. Christ is my firm foundation The rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken. I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus. Oh, yes. He's never led me down. He's faithful through generations. So why would he fail now? He won't. He won't. He won't fail. He won't fail. Come on, let's sing this bridge. Rain came with. You're going to face some storms, men. You're going to face some trials. But when you build on Jesus, you can stay strong. You're going to make it through that situation you're going through. You're going to make it. Rain came when
1: my house
0: was built for you. I'm safe. I'm safe. My house was built on you. I'm standing, I'm standing strong on you. Oh, yes, Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken. my faith in Jesus, he's never let me down, he's faithful for generation, so I would he fail now, he won't, thank you God that you promised never to leave us or forsake us. God, we can't be the men and the fathers and the grandfathers that you've called us to be without you. So, Lord, may we stay close on your heels. God, may we continue to do what you've called us to do, Lord, as we learn, as we lead, and as we leave a legacy behind. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Fathers, grab a bag on the way out. They're on either corner. So dads, make sure you get a gift today. We love you. We hope you have a great rest of your Father's Day. And we'll see you back here Wednesday night at 7 o'clock for Family Ministries Night. God bless you.